Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I chat with Catholics, Protestants, atheists, and agnostics about why the world isn't working right now. And I think we all get it's not working. There's too much hatred and divisiveness in the world. So on this show, I tackle unspeakable topics that many of us secretly struggle with but won't admit. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. And if, this, if you're one of the thousands of people who listen to this show every single week, I want to tell you that I really do appreciate that you come back every week and listen. Without you, this show doesn't exist, so thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist. And I believe that Christians are all the same in our struggles. We all worship the same God, and we all want heaven. And that's more important than the differences in our theology. The show is created for you, the believer or non-believer who struggles with the question, what on earth am I here for? So today our featured guest is Bruce Wozniak, and Bruce is a, the founder president of a Tampa-based company called Now Hear This Entertainment. He specializes in communication services, public relations, um, ranging from helping musicians, authors, small businesses, and even an Olympic athlete, Bruce. Um, and he gets them out there, right? He gets them in front of, of the, the type of, he brings in the talent. And, and expands their influence. And uh, so we're going to talk a, hardly anything about business today, but we're going to talk about what God has done in Bruce's life. Bruce is uh, also a podcaster like myself, and I, and I love that. So he's got the Now Hear This podcast. And Bruce, you have listeners in how many countries now? Uh, well, first of all, Joseph, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. And uh, yes, my podcast, Now Hear This Entertainment, I'm thrilled to say uh, these days, we're up to 132 countries around the world where it has gotten listeners from. Now, mind you, it has taken four years, but uh, four years later, that's the, that's the number. I, I always like to say as of today, because I'm always optimistic that that number is going to continue to grow. Although I scratch my head and say, what other countries are going to find it? Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, how many more countries are left, right? Bruce, uh, <laughs> someone told me this, um, a fellow successful podcaster. It's like, Joseph, when you look at your metrics and you see how many listeners you have in every country or whatever, even if it's a brand new country and you see one listener in like um, Pakistan, for instance, he's like, understand it's not a number on a, a spreadsheet. That is a life. That is a human life that you have the opportunity to transform through your voice. And Absolutely. man, I really got that. So Bruce, uh, take um, 30 seconds. And share with us something personal that very few people in your business life know about you. I would say the fact that I have had two open heart surgeries. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Very few. Well, it's amazing, Joseph, because I say very few people do, but I think a lot of times I assume that everybody does. Mm. And there are moments where I'll all of a sudden start talking about it and people will look at me like they have no idea. And I'll say, oh, I just thought you, you, that you knew and uh, depending on how much they do or don't want to hear is how deeply I'll go. And, and I'm very, very, very active in managing my ongoing care. And so sometimes I'll end up talking like a medical professional and it's just way over people's head. But, um, you know, if the alternative is you just are naive about the whole thing, then you probably wouldn't be in quote unquote as good a shape as I am for someone who has had two open heart surgeries. Wow, I get that. You know, open heart surgery, I'm going to go like all like um, theoretical here for a second. 
literally last year, I feel like I had open heart surgery. And what I mean by that is not physically, like God literally went in and opened my heart uh, to others. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today, how God that did that for you, Bruce. So let's get right down to business. Why do you think the world isn't working right now? Uh, well, it's fortunate that this is not a five-minute podcast <laughs> because <laughs> we could spend all kinds of time on, on why the world isn't working right now. Give me 60 you know, seconds, the big thing that stands out for you. Why isn't the world working right now? Well, I'll put it back on ourselves and say that I think we get too afraid to evangelize and we hide that light under a bushel. And as a result, the non-believers, and I don't mean atheists, I just mean people who don't believe, maybe they've lost faith, that we don't speak up and we don't try to change their heart is the way I want to say it. Um, because the temptation is to say, try to influence those people, try to change those people. We can't change those people. The Lord and, and those people themselves can change them. We can't change them. We can lead them closer to Christ and, and let him do the work, let the Holy Spirit intervene. Uh, but I think that we need to do a better job of changing people's hearts because they've turned to stone. They're too cold and, and the enemy is winning in those cases. And so we need to work harder. So Bruce, let me ask you this, right? Because what you're bringing up, I think is spot on. Absolutely. So why do you think we play small when we know that what God has done for us in our life? Why do we not want to like, just be courageous and share that with others? Why do we play small? Honestly, Joseph, I think people get too afraid because I think that even though we know that God loves us, I think people feel that this person that I should evangelize to this, this person that I should be courageous with is going to judge me. And depending on how well we know them, I think there's a fear of what if this person turns away from me and says, wow, Bruce, I, I didn't expect you to go all Bible thumper on me. You know, <laughs> thanks. You know, thanks meaning in a sarcastic way. So I think we're afraid that mm. we're going to lose some relationships. You know, it's interesting, right? Because what you're bringing up is like, we're so scared of human rejection or not being accepted by other humans, right? Other people, but yet we're willing to um, reject our creator, right? In doing so. And, and, yep. and like, yep. it's very, very interesting, right? It, it puts our faith to the test. So I love well, that. Yeah, because, you know, the other side of it is, if you think of a stranger, why are you afraid to go up to a stranger? And I'm picturing homeless people. You know, okay. I pull out of church on Sunday and I see the guy standing at the end of the driveway trying to catch everyone that's coming out of mass. Mm -hmm. And of course, he, you know, he just wants you to roll down your window and give him a few bucks. But I think we get afraid to walk up to that person and to say, I really need to bring this person closer to the Lord and let them realize the hope that they have in him. But you look at him and you say, well, I'm not going to do that. You know, this guy wants money. This guy wants food. He doesn't want to hear about the Lord. And so you talk yourself out of it. And and that's, that's unfortunate because that's a missed opportunity. And, and again, in that case, then the evil one is the one who won. Mm, that's powerful. Can I share a quick story about what you just said? Please. It's your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it, it, you're, you're the star, right? So listen, um, I, I was watching a video yesterday, right? And you were speaking about the homeless guy. And uh, there was, um, 
this church and uh, they were announcing the new pastor um, on the, on this Sunday, this specific Sunday and everyone, the congregation was filling in the church and um, really excited to hear who's the new pastor, who's the new pastor that's going to take over this church. And uh, there was this homeless guy, right? And he's in the back of the church and uh, he's like standing in the front and he's saying good morning to people and saying hi. And as you can imagine, Bruce, people are looking away. They won't look him in the eye. Yeah. Uh, literally the entire church pours in, into, uh, sorry, the entire congregation pours into the tur- church and fills it up, all excited to meet the new pastor. And do you know he only got a, a good morning hello from one person in that mm-hmm. entire congregation, right? And then um, everyone's excited. Boom, the announcer goes up and, and welcomes everybody and says, okay, so I'd like to introduce you to our new pastor. Um, please welcome Pastor X, right? And everyone's looking around excited and uh, they don't see anybody. And the homeless man is in the back of the church because they told him, excuse me, sir, can you please uh, sit in the back? Mm. Right? They didn't want him like up around the other people. So they put him in the back of the church. So as they announced the new pastor, um, the homeless man stands up and quietly walks up the aisle uh, to the front of the church and takes the microphone. And he says, thank you. I'm pastor so-and-so. <laughs> and today I'd like you to reflect on how you all treated me. The stranger, the homeless man. Mm. And what God has to say about that. And I'd like you to reflect on your own hearts this week and why you responded the way you did. I'll see you all next Sunday. Whoa. Wow. Wow. That's wonderful. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. And, and it's like, I, I think Bruce, you just highlighted that story. So, so well, it's like, why are we scared? Jesus is always hidden. He's always humble. He's in the homeless person. He's in the person that is crying for help that is waiting for someone to invite them to meet the Lord. And, and we don't stand up and do it. So I encourage you, BC Nation, Broken Catholic Nation, I encourage you, the next person that you see that's homeless, go have a conversation with them. Find out who they are as a human. Hear their story. I'll bet you Jesus will show up in that moment for you in your life, and you'll get the better reward than them. Bruce, there's about 30,000-plus Christian denominations or religions in this world. Why do you think the Christian world is so divided right now? Well, they all have so many different beliefs. And I think we get a little too prideful and say, it's great that you're a Christian, but do it this way. And Mm. it becomes judgmental. And as I say, it's from they think they're doing it from the right place. You know, in our case, uh, Catholicism is the only way, you know, why are you Protestant? Why are you Lutheran? Why are you Methodist? Here's what you're missing out on. And you say it as though I'm puffing my chest out. I love Catholicism, but in fact, you're condemning the other person when we're all brothers and sisters in Christ and we should be locked in arms together and saying, it is great that we're unified in Christ and it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what the denomination is, you know, I know that one thing I've always loved hearing at my church is that they don't look at who's coming through the door as this person's wealthy, this person's poor, this person's Republican, this person's Democrat, this person is, 
mm-hmm. uh, Asian, African American, Caucasian, Pacific Islander. It doesn't matter. You know, we're all the body of Christ, and that's the way we should look at one another, and not this division that we've let set in. Because then what happens is it starts an unhealthy conversation. Oh, so because you're Catholic, you're better than me? No, I didn't say that. I suppose next you're going to tell me, and then it goes into this place where all of a sudden we're turning against one another. Whereas, like I said before, we're all Christians and we're the body of Christ. How does that look to the people that we're trying to bring to Christ when they see such division within the church itself? Mm. Man, BC Nation, Bruce is bringing up amazing points here. How do we evangelize our faith and what God has done in our life without making the other person wrong? That's so powerful. How do we do it in a way that invites them, encourages them, and leaves them wanting more, wanting to spend more time with us, not wanting to run away from us? That's powerful, Bruce. Bruce, what faith were you raised in? What were you born into in your family? Oh, I'm a cradle Catholic. Got it. What kept you in the faith? Why did you not want to run away as so many Catholics do nowadays and become what they call a recovering Catholic? (laughs) Well, I think the credit goes to my parents that they not only sent me to Catholic school for uh, kindergarten through eighth grade, but in our family, it was just a given that we were going to go to mass every Sunday. That's, I don't want to say it was non-negotiable, in the sense of, you know, my parents banging their fist on the table. It was just, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner. That I mean, that kind of accepted normality that every Sunday we're going to go to Mass. And so it just was so ingrained in me that I never considered, I never had a reason to consider not continuing doing that. And the Lord has just blessed me with so much in my life that I couldn't imagine why I would ever turn away from Him. Mm, that's powerful. Bruce, I think it's really easy to know of God, but never actually know him personally. When was the first time that you experienced God in a tangible way? Like you could touch and feel him just as real as you and I have in this conversation. Paint us a vivid picture and tell us that story, would you? Is it okay if I tell you the most significant one instead of the first one? Because I don't know if I can remember the first one. Well, the significant one is the one that, that, you know, it was the heart surgery. When did you get the heart surgery with God, right? Well, okay. Um, I thought you meant like actually take us into the operating no. room of the hospital. Well, the, so, the, so the one that I want to tell is in September of 2012, I had for the most part made up my mind that I was going to leave the job that I had been in for 10 and a half years. And this job, mind you, from the outside, people would say, why would you ever leave that job. I was traveling around the world. I went to 17 countries in 10 and a half years, some of them more than once. And I was on what I knew was going to be my last trip. I was down in Brazil and I was on a riverboat uh, on the Amazon River and was kind of below deck, I guess, and wondered why is everyone up on the top deck? Like, what's so great? What is, what is up there to see? You know, to me, it was just We're trying to get from point A to point B. So finally, I went up on that top deck and I went, okay, wow, (laughs) it's nice up here. It's nice and sunny and there's a lot better view from up here. So I'm going to just sit down and take it all in. And in that time, the Lord spoke to me because, mind you, I was leaving this job to start up a Catholic 
business. Mm. And so although I had started to get the wheels in motion with this fellow that we were going to launch this company together, um, obviously I learned that day that there was still a little bit of doubt in my mind. Is this really what I'm being called to do? So as I'm sitting up there, all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me and said, what's all around you, Bruce? And I looked and I said, ah, water. I mean, how many times in the Bible are there stories, but there's so many references to water in the Bible. And I said, wow, that was powerful. Thank you. And the Lord said, well, I'm not done. Um, you know, you're, you're going to leave this job and you're going to go do this Catholic organization that you're starting up with this gentleman because I want you to throw down your net. Let's go be fishers of men. Mm. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. That's, that's absolutely what I hope that we can do with this. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm just so humbled that you would speak to me here and, and twice, mind you. And because things always come in threes in the Bible, there was one more. And he said, Bruce, what is your all-time favorite Bible story? Kind of saying it as a rhetorical question. Mm -hmm. And I said, yep. Yeah. That's right. It's when Jesus is asleep in the boat, the apostles wake him up. Lord, the water's getting in the boat. You got to save us. Oh my gosh. And so he gets him back to shore and looks at him and says, guys, didn't you have faith? Hmm. So I thought here I am in this boat and I do have to have faith that this is God that's calling me out of this secure job with these great benefits. And I just have to go be a fisher of men and follow him. So did you take the leap and step out of the boat? I did. I did. That's awesome, man. I did. Bruce, let me ask you this. Let's bring it to, to modern day here. If you were being 100% transparent right now, in what area of your life do you still struggle to trust God? Uh, I would say forgiveness, meaning that, you know, we, we always hear about, uh, like Mark Hall from Casting Crowns talks about this a lot, that, you know, that there's these list of sins over here that God will forgive, but on this list over here are ones that, yeah, nobody else wants to be around you. And, and Mark Hall, you'll hear him say, like, we don't want to get any of that on us. And I live with that fear that even though I go to confession, all of a sudden a week goes by, two weeks go by, three weeks go by, and these doubts start creeping in. And you say, I know I was absolved of my sins, but is the Lord really going to forgive me for maybe one of the ones I confessed or maybe the one I just committed? And that's something that I struggle with because forgiveness is so powerful and confession is such an amazing sacrament that we have that I know that unfortunately in what is supposed to be such a warm time in my soul that the evil one is creeping in and saying, he doesn't forgive you. Mm. You know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I've learned, uh, or I was reminded just this past weekend, that the enemy attacks us in two areas of our life. The first area he attacks us in is our identity, who we are to God the Father, that we're sons and daughters of the Father, and that he attacks us in the, oh, he doesn't love you. Does he really love you? Oh, you're a mess up. You know, like, and he attacks us in our identity, who we are, and then in our calling like our purpose, like what God has planned for us. Those are the yep. two cracks that he comes in. And if you think of like all the attacks in your life, BC nation where the enemy's coming at you, 
they're going to fall into either your identity with God, the father, or the purpose that God has on your life. One of those two areas. So I think it's important to know that Bruce, why do you think that 90% of people are struggling to find that their purpose, right? God's calling on their life. Well, because I think that everyone, Joseph is too busy looking at worldly possessions, worldly solutions, worldly answers, worldly problems, and faith looks up and everyone is too busy looking down and being disappointed in what they don't have or uh, seeing that what I really need is, and they'll look at what their neighbor has or their friend or their family member. And no, in fact, what you really need is the Lord in your heart and that's all you need. I don't care how bad your problems are and, and, and I'm blessed and, and, I hope that someone that's listening can take solace in the fact that this is coming from someone who has had two open heart surgeries. Uh, I had a mini stroke, uh, I think it was two and a half years ago. And to meet me, you'll see a smile on my face. You never know because I don't blame God. I thank God for getting me through these things. And if more people would look to him for answers instead of look on the computer or talk to a friend or, and I'm sorry, but you know, I know that there's professionals out there that people call for counseling, but unless it's a Christian counselor who is drawing all their inspiration and all their advice from the Lord, then you're only getting worldly answers. The answers are in the Bible. The answers are in prayer. Mm, That's so powerful. BC nation. Listen to the wisdom that Bruce is dropping on us right now. If you want to have a life of quiet desperation, then keep looking horizontal, right? If you want peace, joy, unconditional love, start looking vertical, start looking up. Bruce, why did you choose not to be bitter when you had all these um, medical, uh, you know, adversities, really? How did you choose? Why did you choose that? You know, so many people get bitter instead of better. Like, why, why did you choose that? It's a real simple, short answer. Because I lived. If, you know, if, if I came through those surgeries and the doctors would have said, I'm sorry, it didn't go well, you know, we've got, you know, you've got about two months left, I probably would have been bitter. But the way that I also looked at it, when I went into the operating room for my first one, um, let me make sure I have this right. No, I'm sorry. It was my second one. It was my second one. Uh, they were about to wheel me in and my wife kissed my forehead just as they were about to wheel me down the hall. And I said, listen, if I don't come out of this, I want you to remember that Jesus died at the age of 33 and the Lord has let me live beyond that. So the fact that he let me live longer than his own son is what we can thank him for and not be upset about the fact that I didn't make it through the second one. Wow. I've never considered that aspect. That's powerful. So, Bruce, I think it's really human to uh, experience crisis in faith, right? What do you want to say to the person listening right now that has given up on God in their life and they're bitter about some adversity or tragedy that happened? What do you want to say to them right now? Well, let me lead into it by saying that even though they may not believe it, even though they may not want to hear it, the same God who tells the sun when to shine, the same God who throws the stars into the sky is madly in love with you. And I want those people to know that 
as bad as it may seem right now, the ultimate tragedy was Jesus on the cross, the crucifixion. And the end result of that was joy for all mankind. And so if there could be that sort of joy after the greatest tragedy of all time, then know that God has joy planned for you after you go through your challenging experience. Mm, such words of encouragement. I love it. Bruce, what's your number one fear about God that really messes with your head sometimes? Uh, I don't know if it qualifies as a fear. I think it's, you know, it's, it's that embracing the idea that he will answer your prayers on his time because you see that maybe your business isn't where you want it to be, for example, and you pray for, to the Lord for your business to get better or your income to get higher, whatever it is, those types of things that people pray about. And so I get very, and it's funny because I'll always tell people I'm the most patient guy you'll ever meet. But yet when it comes to something like those types of prayers where you're going, you know, Lord, these, these prayers can't wait. You know, something like I'd like to someday go to Bora Bora. That one can wait. I know I'll get there eventually, <laughs> but you know, right now I need to see an increase in my bank account. You know, the, the electric bill just came in and it's higher than normal because of air conditioning or the car just broke down and the repair bill is going to be X amount. I need financial, I need financial assistance now you know, there is that fear that you say, well, he's going to answer it on his time. Like, no, mm. I, it doesn't, it doesn't help me now when this car is on the side of the road, it doesn't help me now. <laughs> and I want to, I want to give some testimony, Joseph, to your listeners. Um, I was going into the hospital, uh, believe it, this might've been a year or so ago. It was a year ago. And I was scheduled for a procedure and the hospital called me the day before and said, now mind you, they called me on a Sunday and said, so you have to pay a thousand dollars. Um, and I can take a credit card number from you over the phone. And I said, well, wait, wait, a thousand dollars for what? And I said, well, this is, you know, part of your insurance coverage. This is towards your deductible. So if you just want to um, give me the credit card right now, I'll charge you the thousand dollars. And then when you come in tomorrow morning, you'll be all set. You won't have to go through billing. I said, I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't give you a thousand dollars now. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And mm -hmm. she almost was dumbfounded as though no one had ever told her, I can't pay you right now. So I said, let me hang up and I'll call you back. And she said, well, I'm only here until four o'clock. I said, okay. So I hung up and I told my wife and we said, what are we going to do? A thousand dollars. I wasn't prepared for that. And so we kind of prayed about it. And I am somebody that rarely sells things on eBay. <laughs> a, week, a week earlier, I had put 17 different hockey plaques, wooden plaques. Each one had a logo of an NHL team hand-painted. These were very old and they were pretty unique. And so all the auctions were coming to an end that day. And I said, look, let's just rob from Peter to pay Paul. You know, we'll, we'll pay the thousand dollars and hopefully we'll make, you know, a good chunk of it back from selling these plaques on eBay. 
So I ended up calling back at like 3.45 and say, okay, <laughs> four o'clock. So here's a credit card number. That night at about nine o'clock, all 17 auctions ended and I took in $920 from selling those plaques. So the Lord was definitely listening to our prayers. Mm. He knew that there was more that his son, Bruce, had to do to carry on his word. So he needed me to be able to get through this procedure the next day. And so he provided, you know, all but 80 bucks of that thousand dollars that I was looking for answers for. That's awesome. Great testimony. So literally, I'm going I'm to share with BC Nation, as you're listening right now, I'm just going to piggyback uh, and share a quick story here that something I'm going through literally up until uh, yesterday. Um, and that is, uh, I got into my first car accident um, about a week and a half ago. Mm. And I have deserved to be in a car accident many, many, many times, Bruce, with the way I drive, um, right? And God has spared me so many times. And this was like the one time where I was driving just relaxed and, and doing the speed limit, you know, and just, just chilling. I was on the way to um, a multi-birthday party with all my family members. And uh, a lady makes a quick left right in front of oncoming traffic. Uh, I had a car in my left lane, so she was in the blind spot. I didn't even see her coming. And all of a sudden, there's a car sideways in front of me, and I just, bam, T-bone her. And it caused whiplash and uh, concussion and all this stuff, right? So I'm going through insurance and everything. And uh, they totaled my entire car. Um, so I'm in a rental car. And I needed a car, right? Because the rental company only gives you 10 days. And I was on day 15, uh, no, day mm -hmm. 17 yesterday. And I was like, Lord, I need a car. Like this is affecting my business, my everything, right? It's like the, I have to return this car. What am I going to drive Uber around? You know, that's just not um, sustainable. And uh, I got, I got, I was in a meeting with my coach and, and he said, what's going on? Are you ready to work on all these things? I was like, no, I got to tell you, this is still sitting here. I got to work out this car situation. Cause it's like affecting and impacting all the other areas. And he goes, okay, I want you to stop doing everything else focus on the car, get it handled. Like this is everything else. Stop, stop the train. That's how he said it. And I was like, really, I can do that. And it was like, it was funny, right, Bruce? Cause I, I needed someone to give me permission to stop the yep. train and prioritize. Yeah. And I just stopped the train and I went online for two hours and I was like, I'm getting a car today. I was like, Lord, I 100% believe you're going to bless me with a car today. That's a good car and everything like that. And, uh, I believed it. I literally believed it. I expected his, him to answer my prayer. And, and I got to tell you, the past uh, seven days before that or whatever, 17 days before that, I didn't expect it. Like I, I, I was wanting it. I was desiring it, but I wasn't expecting the Lord to bless me. And, and, and that was powerful. And within two hours, I had the car. And I, I, I purchased it, closed on it and everything. And I pick it up this morning. And I was just like, beautiful. What, what the F man? Why am I such a weak, unfaithful child? Like God has always been there for me. Why do I continue to doubt him? And I know BC nation, you're listening right now and you're going, oh, I do that. Yeah, I know you do. We all do. We're broken Catholics. We're broken Christians. We're broken children. And we doubt our creator, even though he's been there so many times for, for us. So I just challenge you and encourage you. Yeah, when people pray for financial assistance and then they get, you know, a, a $7 rebate check in the mail that they totally forgot about, 
I always remind people that's answered prayers. That's right. You know, I mean, you, you pray for financial assistance in the sense that you're thinking lottery and, you know, and the Lord is saying, okay, it, it's, you know, the faucet's going to drip a little slower than you want it to. You, you want to <laughs> open the spigot all the way and have it just come gushing out. But, you know, you get $7. That's great. You know, all of a sudden, um, an aunt sends you a birthday card and has a $20 bill in there and you go, wow, and so-and-so sent me $20. Like, what's that about? God bless you. Thank you. What's that about? And, and all of a sudden, what's that about is you prayed to the Lord for some financial assistance and you got the $7 rebate check, you got $20 from an unexpected aunt. You know, all those things, you have to, you're so busy looking past that to see That's right. yeah, but where, where is the big jackpot that I prayed to him for? Well, you prayed to him for financial assistance and he gave it to you. That's so right. Like you said, you know, you had to give yourself permission to stop the train and say, wait a minute, I believe he's going to do this. And he did. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you know what, Bruce, we don't pray specifically. And then we blame God for answering generally. Right? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Right. And it's like, we don't take responsibility. And it's like, if you want, uh, you know, uh, whatever, $30,000 to pay, or like in your case, $1,000, you know, to cover the, uh, the deductible for your medical expense, then pray specifically and believe, Lord, I know you're going to bless me with $1,000. I don't know where it's going to come from, but you know my situation. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Bless me with $1,000. And by the way, BC Nation, Bruce and I are not preaching prosperity gospel here, okay? We're just saying the Lord knows your needs. It's biblical, right? He takes care, care of the birds in the air, right? They're all well fed. Of course, you're his child. He's, he wants to be there for you. But get specific and believe that he's your father and he loves you enough to take care of you. Bruce, what is the best faith, faith advice that you've ever received? I think the best faith advice is, is in the Bible. In, in Luke one thirty seven. it says, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mm. And that's not, that's not advice that a human told me. That's advice that's coming from the best source that there is. And so I think when I really take that to heart, and I am in a difficult time and I think there's no way I could get a thousand dollars in a couple hours or there's no way that I could land this whatever business opportunity for nothing will be impossible for God. Mm. Luke one thirty seven. you know, if, if you I, believe without doubting, right, that's the thing. If yeah, you how believe, can I get through these medical challenges? Yeah. They're, they're not, they're not impossible. Love it. Love it. And Bruce, we're going to wrap up this episode here. Share with us one of your daily habits that helps you win in your spiritual life. Yes. I carry a crucifix in my pocket everywhere I go. And it's, okay. it's good enough size that it fits in the palm of my hand. It's not, I, I should say, I'm sorry. I should say that it, it extends beyond the palm of my hand. And uh, my spiritual advisor encouraged me to do that. And in difficult times, it really helps to either just lay my hand on top of my pocket and know it's in there, or sometimes I'll actually reach in and, and pull it out and, and clutch the crucifix in my hand. But it's also a reminder, Joseph, that God is with us. Mm. He's always with us. And sometimes, you know, people say, but I don't see him. None of us see him. We can never see him. True. However, not only you can, you can see him working in your life if you're looking for it, but number two, if it helps you 
keep a crucifix in your pocket and you can see that and say, oh yeah, he's with me. I love that, Bruce. And not only, you know, for me, another perspective is holding that crucifix. It reminds you that he's with you. He's walking with you. Sometimes he's carrying you. But it also, I think, is a great reminder of he took up his cross. And, and whatever you're going through, whatever adversity, take up your cross. Man up, woman up, take it on. You're not alone. I think that's powerful. Bruce, what's the one thing you want the world to know about having a relationship with God? Let's end on that. Well, I'll just recap some of the things that I've already said. You know, I want the world to know that nothing is impossible for God. I want you to know that I have my own testimony getting through two open heart surgeries, him providing the way that he has, you know, with something like, and, and that thousand dollar story, I mean, that's, that's child's play compared to some of the stories that are out there. But these are examples from just a normal John Doe on the street or a normal Bruce Wozniak on the street. I'm, I'm nobody special. I'm not a priest. I'm not, I'm not even a deacon, but yet here is this Bruce Wozniak guy in Tampa, Florida, who the Lord has touched in ways that are visible to me. And as I said before, you know, his crucifixion is what gave me his resurrection after the crucifixion is what gave me hope in the darkest times of my life. Powerful stuff. BC Nation, if you're just joining us right now, we're speaking with Bruce Wozniak. You can find Bruce at nowhearthis.net. That's now hyphen here hyphen this dot net. Bruce, uh, this is my favorite part of the show. We're going to wrap up on welcome to the confession round. There's no priest here. However, I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions and you'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. The first thing that comes to you. Are you ready, sir? I will do my best. Bruce, what's your favorite sound? Music. What's your least favorite sound? Bad music. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Batman, because I'm Bruce W. So I oh, wanted that's to be... perfect. Yeah. Love it. What are you most afraid of? Abandonment. Mm. What did you spend too much time doing during your 20s? Uh, working. All work and no play makes Bruce a dull boy. Got that. What secret fear do you have about God? Same one that I said before, that there's sins that I will commit that he will not forgive. Mm, got that. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? <laughs> that he does forgive every that sin. He doesn't retain them. That's right. That's right. What is a new habit you want to form? To read the gospel every morning. Okay. And what's a bad habit you want to break? Uh, spending too much time surfing Instagram. <laughs> Pick three words to describe who you are now. A husband, a stepdad, and as of Sunday, an oblate. What is an oblate? An oblate is uh, someone who is vowed to a Benedictine abbey and uh, is vowing to follow the rule of St. Benedict in their everyday life uh, in an effort to 
reflect Christ unto others and bring them closer to God in just their average everyday life without being an ordained clergy member. That is powerful. You, my friend, are on the the train to holiness. Well done. (laughs) Uh, Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God. Uh, It's hard to say since, you know, since he's been with me since birth, but you know, I, I guess I would look at my darkest moments and say uh, I was selfish, I was doubtful, and I was fearful. Mm, yeah, that's powerful. Imagine sometime in the distant future, Bruce, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. I've thought about this actually from time to time, and it, and it has something to do with, it, 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 would, it should say something on my tombstone about the special heart that I was given because that it endured, that it survived two open heart surgeries, yet has such an amazing, amazing capacity to give love is something worth putting on a tombstone. I, I could just read it now. You know, Bruce Wozniak, the heart that never stopped loving. Beautiful. I love that. Awesome. Bruce, and last question. If you could come back to life after you died and perform only one miracle for your family and friends, what would you do for them? Like you could do anything. You had superpower miracle status. What would you do? Darn it. I'm sorry. I'm getting emotional. Um, I had a little brother that passed away when he was just a few months old. Mm. And so to come back and to do something that would have let him live instead of leaving us when he was just a little baby, that would be a miracle that I know my parents and my brother and sister would just be endlessly thankful for. Mm. So you'd bring back your little brother. That's powerful, brother. Awesome, man. So, Bruce, um, if our audience would like to get in touch with you, uh, tell them where to, to find you. Yeah, so there's actually a faster way to get to that website. Um, you can just go to nowhearthis.biz, and it's H-E-A-R, by the way. And when you go to nowhearthis.biz, you can either hit the contact page to email or call, or there are social media icons there so that if you'd rather connect through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, those types of things, there's those options as well. Mm. BC Nation, if you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I had, follow Bruce. I think this is a man worth following. Uh, Bruce, thank you for joining us today, and we wish you the love, forgiveness, and transformation of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, Joseph. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless you. BC Nation, imagine if you could find your purpose in the next 30 days. Head over to brokencatholic.com and I'll show you how. And while you're there, shoot me a question or a comment. That's brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week. Cheers.